Bibles, if you will. Brother, Brother Robinson, are we ready with those questions? Are we ready? And uh, I sent out a uh, church-wide text about just kind of send me whatever questions that you might have. And there were a couple that came in, a couple I'm going to save because they directly impact the lesson uh, that I will begin uh, next week, two weeks from right now. But if you could put those up there, guys, if you have them, do you have them? And uh, this is the first question. As a single adult, how does one appropriately associate with those of the opposite gender as a friend without seeming to be flirting or not above reproach? What are some things in those kinds of friendships that one should not do that he could do with friends of the same gender? Um, Obviously, um, a young man is writing this, which, first of all, let me say I appreciate the fact that, uh, that, um, that there is this concern. So if you go back to the slide before, let me answer them. Um, as a single adult, how does one appropriately associate with those of the opposite gender as a friend without seeming to be flirting? I think flirting only comes when you have an ulterior motive for your action. That's flirting. Being kind across the board is something that needs to be learned uh, by a single adult. Um, I think there is the socialization for the sake of creating friends, and then I think there's the isolation for the sake of getting a mate. That's just how it goes. And I think that any time that somebody tries to isolate you in conversation, ladies, that they've not yet socialized with you and becoming your friend, I don't think that's fair because you don't want to just be a mate. You want to be a friend. And if there cannot be a friendship built with no expectations, and I think that's very, very important. So just, just everything that I'm going off of in Scripture, there was this isolation at times in scriptures that of course led to a bad situation so anytime there was this isolation it was for the sake of flirting and i think flirting is something that if i could use a biblical term it would be sporting um i i think that's the biblical term but you're going to find out that uh, I, i find it very interesting uh that this sporting flirting Y'all remember when one of them denied that he was his wife? I'm trying to remember. Y'all help Bible scholars help me out. Which one was that denied? Abraham. Was that it? And they're old. Like, like these people are old, like older than 54. These people are old. And uh, remember when the king looked at Abimelech? It was Isaac, right? Isaac. He's following his daddy's footsteps. So Isaac <laughs> steps out, denied his wife, right? And then when they saw them sporting, it was like, whoa, time out. Brothers and sisters don't act that way. And, and so I do think that there is, if, if, if young ladies, if he does not respect you as a friend and has the ability to treat you like everybody else in this group, I think there needs to be this friendship. I, need, I think there needs to be this socialization. But if all of a sudden he's like a sheepdog weeding you out, you know, beware of the guy who wants your number right away. You know, uh, I just don't. I, and I think there's boundaries. I'll cross that. Go to the next one. Or, 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 or not above reproach. Um, what are some things in those kinds of friendships that one should not do? 
that he could do with friends of the same gender. I think friends of the same gender are given the right to comment on a, a person's body. I think it's not uncommon for a young lady to a young lady um, to fix their hair. You know, you know I, I don't get it because I'm a guy. But I've seen two ladies stand there, and while they're talking, it's, they reach up and they adjust the hair, and they put it back over the shoulders. And they don't even think anything, oh, thank you. you, you if I got a hair out of place, don't touch my head, guys. All right, so don't walk up to me. Brother Hicks, don't you ever walk up to me. Okay, all right. <laughs> Thank you for that confirmation. Um, Brother Phillips, if it's out of place, leave it out of place. If your hair is out of place, I, I'm not touching it. So, so I do think that um, there are liberties that guys of the same gender can take. Uh, space is liberty. I think that everybody has that, that zone that all of a sudden is like, whoa. You know, I don't even know you. Back up. Um, so I, to be above reproach, I think that friendships between those of opposite gender should be on the level of life, events, family, job, sports, politics, things of this nature. I think when, when this friendship starts developing between two single adults, and it works its way down to where now, Brother Freddie, Miss Melanie, if I can use y'all, it's now you're known only by name, but I remember when, you know, it's like, oh, this is more than a person. Then I think then when it's like, no, this, is the, this friendship's going further than just being socializing, then I still think that you never enter into conversation about each other's body, about each other's hair, about each other's eyes. I think there are three things, and I'll get into them. I think there are terms of endearment. I think there are trinkets, and I think there are touches. I call them the three T's that should never be crossed, never be crossed until you're ready um, or at, at the I do. I, I think that any time that a young man uses a term of endearment to a young lady without acquiring father's permission, I think is an Absalom. It just is. I think anytime you buy them trinkets, I, I do not think they should, I think they should be very appropriate. I think the only gatekeeper to that are the parents, are the parents. And then touch, absolutely not. I, I do not subscribe that because we're engaged, we can touch. No, sir. No, sir. I think you're asking for yourself for trouble because what if you break up? You've just held some other man's wife's hand. And, and it does happen. Great question. Go to the, the next question, if you could. The next one was a series of questions, I believe, right? How do you get a co-worker? Did you get the, the third? Is there three of them? No, there's three. I, I think I sent you three. Um, how do you get co-workers to stop cursing? I keep acting like a Christian, keep asking them to stop cursing. But they keep cursing. And, uh, and Brother Smith, it's a great question because I'm not sure how to get Mitchell to stop cursing around you. Dog. And uh, <clears throat> um, so I was taught there are different levels of bad language. And, um, and I was taught you have to pick your fight. 
I think there is inappropriate language that has no place in our society. But to me, it's not profanity. Okay, so there are language that you, you, just, you, you just need to be raised better. And that's all there is to it. Um, if this kind of language happens around my wife or my daughters or my grandchildren, oh, yeah, I don't give a free pass on any of this. Then there's language that are curse words, but they are not profanity. They are just words that take the worst of life and throw it at people. And those, I think, are like, hey, um, do me a favor. Don't talk that way. But then when they take your God's name in vain, that's profanity. That's being profane. And when they use God in, in the height of frustration, then that's when somebody needs to put down a tool, somebody needs to stand up, and somebody needs to declare themselves that you are talking about my Savior. Now what do you want to do about it? Y'all, I've seen my father let a lot of language go. And I've told the story before, but we are on the golf course, and somehow we got into a tournament and we paired up with this guy. We are on number 10, headed down the back stretch at Wood Hollow. And um, is it number 10? No, we're headed into, y'all hang on, hang on. I can see the holes in my mind. 18, 17, hole number six. What's the, what's the par five going straight away? 16? Come on, brother man. Come on. It's a long one. Well, this guy, the, the, the contractor, he, and it goes off like that. Well, this guy had been using bad language up until this point but it had never crossed into profanity. And my father had told him, hey, hey, hold it, hold it now, hold it now, hold it now. There's no reason to talk that way. Nobody's trying to be macho. We're just playing golf. We didn't come out here to hear this kind of junk. And, um, and my, uh, we got to that hole, and he, he just ripped it. And, and it hit a house, hit that big old mansion over there. I mean, it's, and you heard it hit something. He took God's name in vain. My father had a, a driver in his hand and he just started beating the ground and he looked at him and said sir I'm going to wrap this driver around your face if you don't take that back right now now my father he still he's as solid as that pulpit right there I don't care how old he gets he's as solid as that pulpit and when he says it he's going to do it and I saw this grown man that was big, bad, and beautiful up to this point, literally. Sir, 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 I'm, a, I'm sorry. He said, no, 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 no. Look up and say you're sorry. <laughs> My father's going to put, I'm sitting there going, Dad, I'm going to have to use every club in this bag. I mean, I'm backing up to the bag, pulling clubs out because we're, we're big. But, but so I, I think that it has to be. And, and, uh, and so I think that you're going to, now, I understand everybody's temperament is a little bit different. I get that. And I get that some people are like, ah, yeah, that's really not my cup of tea. But I'll tell you this. At some point when the language dips, that now your God is being blasphemed, would you let somebody say that about your mom and your dad? You've got to stand up for your Heavenly Father. So is the third one up there, Brother John? Okay. I'll, it, it was a, a three-part... Uh, from a single adult. We'll, we'll get that. Go to Judges, if you will. We're going to talk about tonight uh, the dangers 
of being a single adult. Now, please let me preface this with, with saying this, and, and I've got a great amount of time, uh, so I think we're right on time. Uh, I don't feel pressed. I don't feel pressured right now to get done with this. I'm going to lay groundwork that I'm going to expound on next week. Um, th- there are some times when you talk about family dynamics that I understand that maybe it does not fit where you're at right now. But always remember this, that you are getting older, and the older you get, the more you can teach those around you. For instance, I don't have single adults. Mine are all gone. The only one I have is RG, and, uh, and even some of what I'm about to teach you, we have to, we have to implore with RG or he'll get out of hand. You've gotten text at 2 in the morning. He's gotten out of hand, okay? Our special needs son, and that's a whole other deal right there. Um, but I also will tell you this, that I have grandchildren. One day they will be single adults. There are single adults around you that if the single adults in this auditorium and or who are listening to this that are now working in our, in our, in our, in our youth program right now, they may reach out to you and say, hey, I heard pastor's thing. Um, could I ask you to be of what we're going to talk about? So I understand that sometimes, um, where you, how does this apply to me? So it all applies. I, I wrote this down, and um, hermeneutics is the study and the interpretation of the Bible. It's a course that is taught. And I wrote down this, this statement. When studying the Bible, you're going to find that one story has a primary interpretation with multiple applications according to the stage and age of life. Simply put, Bible study should be both expositional and positional in its interpretation. Bringing it down to the bottom shelf simply means this. When you understand what the text says, then there should be a truth that you walk away from the text to live. That's just what it comes down to. And I think that the, the reason that I love church so much and I love teaching and preaching so much is that every time I let the text guide, um, so absolutely. So in Judges chapter 18, and uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, once again, I just feel this overwhelming burden to pray one more time. Lord, in, in praying, I just right now, Lord, just feel like that I, I need some, I, I, we need you. We need you. Lord, I just feel like maybe something's about to be said that could be a game changer in our lives. Lord, I pray you help us now. Bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. In Judges chapter 18, let me tell you about the chapter. Then inside this chapter is a story. Very interesting. In chapter 18, and I'll let your your eyes run the gamut of the chapter, uh, the Danites were seeking an inheritance, so they sent five men to search the land. When they arrive at the house of Micah, Judges 18.1, Judges 18.2, Judges 18.3-5, they employ a Levite who served to his house as a priest to ask counsel of them of God. So don't get lost in the weeds, just give me an overview. He inquires and promises them success. So now these Danites, with this blessing, they now go to Laish. This Laish and now, Judges 18, 7, they return in verses 8 through 10, and they let them know, look, 
we can take this land. And so they send, verses 11 through 21, 600 men. They come to this place where Micah dwelt. They went into the house, carried off the priests and the consecrated things. And then verses 22 through 26, then Micah and his friends pursue, uh, but being threatened are obliged to return. So there's this back and forth. So finally, the Danites come to Laish. They smite it. They build a city. They dwell there. They make this Levite, the priest. They set up the images at this new city. Now, this chapter can become confusing. So if you just were confused, trust me on this one, I had to read it five times. Okay? But inside of this are two verses I want you to look at. So among this is hid this truth that now I want to take this ointment and I want to apply it to the single adults and the families with single adults. Judges 18, 7. Then the five men departed and came to Laish. Look at this. And saw the people that were therein, how they dwelt. I'm going to ask you to help me. How they dwelt, what please? Careless. After the manner of the Zidonians. Next word, please. Quiet and secure. And there was no magistrate in the land that might put them to shame in anything. And they were far from the Zidonians and had no business with any man. And they came unto their brethren, to Zorah, to Eshtol, and their brethren said unto them, What say ye? Look at verse 9. And they said, Arise, that we may go up against them, for we have seen the land. Behold, it is what? Very good. And ye are still. Be not slothful to go and to enter to possess the land. Verse 10. When ye go, ye shall come unto the people, what please? Secure, into a large land, for God hath given it into your hands, a place where there is, what please? No want of anything that is in the earth. The city in question was known as Laish. Now, if you're, right, if you're taking notes, you can write down Joshua 1947. It is also known as Leshem. But Laish, but in this city, it describes the people in this city in these terms. They dwelt careless. They were quiet and secure. They dwelt in a large land and there was no want of anything. The defining attribute of this land, which now I want to take and apply to the single adults in this room, the thing that made this land the attribute that made them vulnerable was found in verse number 7. Look at the very beginning. There was no magistrate in the land that might put them to what? Shame in anything. You see, the problem here was this, is that here was a careless people, here was a quiet and secure people, here was a large land, here was a land they didn't want for anything, it was a plenteous land. But what these people in this land did not realize was they were vulnerable. If you will travel down, if you will, and, and kind of let your eyes drift. So you're going to find out the word magistrate, if you're taking notes, it simply means this, restraint. Restraint. There, there was no magistrate here. Now, it does not mean, it does mean this, this position in this land of Laish, but it literally means this. There was no one to restrain. There was no one to say, hey, hey, you, you, know, you know, don't do that. There, there was no one, the Bible says, to put them to shame. They had no business with any man. 
what it meant was is that they had they're living so far and if you if you if you get the time geographically to look up where this place was it was at such the frontier of Syria that all of a sudden they 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 did not have any business because everything they needed was self-confined so there was no reason to travel to the Zidonians it's interesting that they said that they after the manor they lived, dwelt careless, verse 7, after the manner of the Zidonians. Now, who were the Zidonians? The Zidonians were people that were skillful in the hewing of timber. They had this skill set. They knew how to build things. They knew how to take care of things. They, they had a skill set. This is what they did. The problem was is that they were so good at building internally that they were not aware of the dangers, and they did not take time to fortify the, the, the perimeters to sustain an attack. And this is why the Danites said, hey, guys, let me tell you something. There's a group of people down there that they are careless. They are quiet. They are secure. They got everything. Y'all, they're easy prey because they're so busy partying because they have everything. All we have to do is just go down and take them. So when I started thinking about our young adults, and specifically praying for them, I thought, oh, there's nothing wrong. And, and let me preface it by saying this. Every single adult up until the point of turning the tassel has a system that fortifies them. They, 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 they have an identity that fortifies them. The government says you can't drive a car till you're, till you're 16. The government says you can't vote till you're 18. You're not legal to drink till you're 21. Let me stop and say this. You're not legal to drink because you're a child of God. And so society says that you can't participate in the UIL because you're in the seventh grade. So society has set up these fortifications. The problem, we all know this. The problem is, is that when all of a sudden... Most parents don't know how to deal with an 18-year-old because now we, we're living in this humanistic view that says this, when I'm 18, get out of my way. And how many 18-year-olds have looked at their parents and said, you can't tell me, I'm 18. And what are you going to do? Now, now, I could answer that my mama way. Lord have mercy. I could answer it my daddy way, or I could answer it Green Perry Gray's way, <laughs> my grandfather. Um, so, so understand that now. But, but every single adult needs to understand this, that the problem is that if you have no magistrate, then if you would, drift through the chapter and go to verse 27, Judges 18, 27. In Judges 18, 27, and they took the things which Micah had made and the priest which he had and came into Laish unto a people that were at quiet and secure. And they smote them with the edge of the sword and burnt the city with fire. And there was no, what's the next word? Deliverer. Every young adult, you listen to this. Can you tell your parents to drop dead? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you kick the magistrates out of your life? Absolutely. But the consequence is you have 
no deliverer. You see, up until this point, nobody touches my boy because he's a minor. Nobody touches, no, 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 you're not doing that. But how many times has it, this helpless feeling has taken over because once somebody hits 18, they live this carefree, careless, riotous life. Let's go do what we want to do. And many of you adults have told me stories about pastor. The reason we need this kind of church is because I don't want my children making the same mistake that I made straight out of the chute when I was 18. And it's stories I cannot even tell them. We all know this. And so we have to be able to come to the single adults and say this. Listen, as much as you don't like it, and as much as you want to be an adult, single adults listen to this. And I understand the genre of single adults are so across the board. I get that. There are single adults who live at home. There are single adults who are in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s. I get all this. But I will tell you, it doesn't matter that everybody needs a magistrate. For anybody in this room, myself included, to think I don't need a magistrate. A magistrate's very, very important in your life because you need somebody that can, and if you look at the wording here in verse number 7, the wording here is this, that might put them to shame. You see, what you and I need, and young adults, listen to this. The, the best decision you'll ever make is to go to a magistrate. And I think if you're living at home, I think it has to be your mom and dad. I think you voluntarily have to walk in there and say, I may be 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I may be this age, but that does not mean that I know it all. The danger is not what you're doing. The danger is what could happen to you that you're not even aware of. And I'm talking financially. I am talking morally. I am talking associations. I am even talking to the point of what time you stay out at night. And we have this attitude, well, they're still open. I should be able to hang out till they close. There are reasons why places stay open. I, I was at IHOP uh, 2 o'clock in the morning. I was waiting at a hospital. Something was going wrong there. And it was like, look, I'm going to be just down the road at IHOP. I'm going to do some work. About 2, 2.30 in the morning. Anybody want to holler out at me what happens about 2, 2.30 in the morning in this town? The bars close. And guess where everybody goes? IHOP. They finally got Christian and closed down. <laughs> and, uh, but, but I'm not saying it's IHOP's problem. But, but I will tell you, there's an element that exists that Christian young people should not get themselves into. But how many times has, has a parent sent a text or made a phone call only to get this on the other end? What? Or ignoring the call. Oh, my friend, listen to this. You need a magistrate. And the biggest proof point that you're up to no good 
is your reaction. The Bible says this, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. And if the reaction is, what, you don't trust me? Oh, those words ever come out of the mouth. That's one of those key words that you might as well understand this. No. No. And the proverbial battle that happens in a family is not when mom and dad are magistrates. It's the fact that the adult will not let them be a magistrate. And young people, and I say young people because in relative in age you are, but I'm going to give you several philosophies from these verses, from just this one verse. There are five things I want to pull out and give you. Number one, independence is good as long as, as it's building a relationship with your magistrate. Independence is good. We don't want you to drive our car. We want you off our insurance. We want you to buy your own tires. Okay, y'all understand that? We, we, you, you need socks, you go buy them. Okay, you know, a, you know a single adult has matured when they start asking for socks at Christmas. <laughs> Come on. When a 20-year-old's asking for a GameStop card, we got issues right now. So understand, there's nothing wrong with building this independence. But there is building this independence. Yes, this is the best time of your life. The, the hit was not that they dwelt careless. The hit was not of how they were living. The hit was there was no magistrate to help them understand uh, that's not going to help you, and that's not going to help you, and I need to put you to shame. So as you're building this independence, build it with the relationship with the magistrates in your life. And that's why the Bible says in this church family that the aged are to teach the younger. Let me tell you. You can drift so... You know what the problem was? Is that they lived so far on the frontier and they were so self-sufficient, they had no business with the people who were warriors. And they could not get delivered because you, you... Please, young adults, know this. There's nothing wrong with building independence, but if you're smart, you will chart your course of independence by the advice of the magistrates. Do not chart your course of independence by, the, by, by, by your peers who are the same age you are. I'm talking about everything. Well, well, and don't feel bad because you don't know. Oh, I cannot stress that one enough. Don't feel bad because you don't know. Because there are a lot of young adults that are like, I should know this, right? No, you shouldn't know this. How many of us married people didn't, we wake up after five failures and we're like, so who's going to teach me this? Don't get so narcissistic. Don't get so full of yourself that you are like, well, well you know, I, I just, I, 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 I feel bad for asking. No, 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 don't feel bad for asking. If you can't balance a checkbook, do not feel bad for asking. Please. It doesn't mean that you are a failure. It just means as you gain this independence. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't take out a credit card 
And I would not get in. There's some financial things you don't need to get into until you ask a magistrate, what do you think? Y'all, listen, I would not sign on a dotted line of any financial contract until you went to a magistrate in your life and said, would you read this over? The worst thing a salesman wants to hear is, I'll get back with you next week. I need to check with and then get ready for the sarcasm because, well, you go check with your mommy. You're 20 years old. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to check with my mommy. I'm a mommy's boy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn around and walk off. <laughs> Y'all, don't let the world make you feel like a fool. Don't, don't make them let you feel like a fool. You know, and, and okay, I could go on and on. I'm gonna, so independence is good as long as you're building. Now, let me flip to the parents on this one. Don't let them build independence without your voice. You see, the city of Laish is, Noah, your life. This is your life. It's the city. Get you a magistrate to help you with your city. But mom and dad, listen to this. Your home's the Laish. Don't let them live careless. Don't let them live secure. Don't let them drift Well, you know, they're 18. They need their own world. No, they don't. Well, they're 19. They just really need their side of the house. No, they don't. If anything, when the quietness... You know what the Bible says? Even a fool is counted wise when he holdeth his what? Peace. That's not how to spot a wise person. That's how to spot when foolishness is setting into your children. Even your adult children. I'm not saying micromanage them. These, these single adults are smart, but I am saying this. Son, have you balanced your checkbook this month? Son, I'm being very practical because I can get very more detailed. Son, have you checked the oil in your car? Son, what time are you going to be home? Well, Dad, we're going to stay out till... Uh, no. How about we be home at? Yes, sir. And then don't go to bed till they get home. Go sit on the front porch. You say, how do you know what time to tell them you want to be home? What time do you want to go to bed? <laughs> Come on. Do you know why you're going to bed that early? Because you have responsibility. Amen? There's nothing wrong with independence. The second thing I want to tell you is this. Confidence does not mean you're strong. You're, you're young. You're vibrant. You've got this confidence. I'm amazed what people do. I'm amazed that when somebody sends me a video of young adults doing these stupid things, I'm like, like you think this is going to turn out right? You know, hey, Look at me. <laughs> right. Well, look at you. Dive off. You're going to get yourself. Confidence doesn't mean you're strong. Listen, and now let me drift into the opposite gender, which I'll get into next week. And how do you build these relationships? And it'll be a two part series. Guys, ladies, listen, single adults, listen to this. Your emotions are not strong enough to handle the emotions of the opposite gender. Because you could be getting suckered and you don't even know it. You know what the Bible taught, says it? Right in between the time it says, My son, give me thine heart for. 
And then it talks about this bad woman being a deep ditch in a narrow pit. And before you know it, you're down in it. And you don't even know how you got in it. And you're trying to get out of it. And that's why the admonition was given from Solomon to his son. Son, 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 give me your heart. I can teach you how to deal. The whole book of Proverbs says, here's how you deal with a liar. Here's how you deal with a traitor. Here's how you deal with a friend. Here's how you deal with those, those sinners. Here's how you, so the, the Solomon was always teaching his son, son, here's how you deal with this, this, and this, and this. But there is one segment of society, son, listen to what Solomon is saying, that you're not smart enough to handle. Trust you, daddy. I had 700 weddings. Son, right now you got 699 mamas that want to tell you what to do beside your mama. Take it from a guy who knows. I've been many a ditch. So he says, son, give me your heart. So there is this confidence, but there's not the strength. If you have no magistrate, you have no deliverer. And what happens is, is when life falls apart for a single adult because they have so alienated themselves... They can't walk in and say, hey, hey, Dad, by the way, I need to tell you I'm 10 grand in debt. Son, how did you get 10 grand in debt? Well, son, Dad, back here a year ago, I kind of did this and did this and did this and did this. And now it's like, oh, son, if you just would have came to me here or you would have done this here, I could have kept you out of. Am I making sense? So there was this society, they lived careless. It's all about me. I want no magistrate to put me to shame. The third thing I want to tell you is this. Being put to shame is part of maturing. Being put to shame is part of maturing. It doesn't mean, young adults, listen to this, it doesn't mean that somebody doesn't love you. It means somebody loved you enough to look at you and say, son, you are Now, there's a difference between saying you're wrong and calling somebody an idiot. There's a difference between calling somebody, saying somebody's wrong and making them belittle. I always use this illustration. It's like the home plate umpire. There is a difference between the play at the plate and he has to make a judgment call, you're out. Versus standing over the player that's out and saying, you never were a good ball player. You'll never be a good ball player. I don't even know why you wear a uniform. Those are two different things. And the older somebody gets, the more they need a magistrate to say, you got that one wrong. Son, trust me, you got that one wrong. Now, let's get it right. So being put to shame is part of it. The next thing I, the next thing I want to tell you is this. You must on purpose submit yourself. You must on purpose. I'm going to challenge every single adult in this room. Make your parents part of your gatekeepers. Give them the passcodes to your email. Give them the passcodes to everything you have. Because when you get married, you're going to need to give everything you have to your mate. And how much of a magistrate your parents are in your life will be how much of a magistrate you allow your spouse to be in your life. And as a single adult, I, I, I have two minutes on the clock before we're invaded. Right now, I am the gatekeeper for five single adult young men that attend our church. They have an app on their phone that is called Covenant Eyes. 
every keystroke they hit, everything they do, I get an accountability report every week. Every week that accountability report comes up. I was talking to a young lady today, and she said, uh, yeah, your wife holds my covenant eyes account. Now, there are people when I tell them this, like, seriously? I can handle it. No, you can't. No, you can't. And I would encourage every man in this auditorium that you need to download covenant eyes or some type of filter on your devices that sends a report to somebody. You have to have a magistrate. And I can tell you this. These five guys that I do this, I just want to I'll publicly tell these five guys, I, I am very pleased that you have never put me in a position where I've had to make a phone call to you to where I've had to say. I mean, literally what this does is it takes a screenshot of what is on your phone at that time, and it sends a picture of that straight to your accountability person. Now, every time I talk this way, there are people that are sweating to death because it's like, oh, dear God in heaven. I don't have covenant eyes on my phone and on my iPad and on my laptop because pastor is into this kind of stuff. I have it because... I need a magistrate. I have to have fortification. Because it doesn't matter who you are, it can get bad. Next week I'll give you some things to do, but I'm going to leave with two things. Parents, make sure you give them expectations of what to expect. Be a magistrate. If you, this is the time I want you in. This is what you can and you cannot do, and this is what I'm asking you to do. Now, there's a difference between micromanaging an adult and then saying, here are the expectations, and then you go from there. Single adults, at some point, it, and, and, and if you don't feel like that, if you're away from home or there's, I understand there's family dynamics that can't enter into this, you need to find a magistrate that you run everything by. And by the way, if you're 20, it doesn't need to be a 22-year-old. Okay, and 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 I'm not and I'm not positioning for it right now. I'm just telling you, at some point, it needs to be this way. Okay, so next week I'm going to go into details of what does a magistrate do. So so how do I need to do this? By the way, mom and dad with small children, listen to this. You start building toward this day. You don't begin at the day they turn the tassel. So some of the things I'll give you next week will be things that you can implement. And then you can kind of put into what you need to do, whatever your situation is. Hey, I'm excited for our young people. I'm excited to hear the reports. Let's all stand. Let's pray. And then we will be dismissed.